Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. It's uh, Bonko Monty coming at you with a bolt action episode. Uh, I know it probably sounds weird to hear my my voice uh, <laughs> opening up for one of those. Um, today we have a really special trio of guests uh, coming on board. We've got a triple threat from Warlord Games. We've got Jay, John, and Lorenzo that have taken time out of their day. They're running a big event there at Millennium Con to talk to us about events, gaming, bolt action, everything. So uh, we'll jump right in with some chat with those guys. You guys are looking pretty dapper in your Warlord shirts. So Everybody's going to know my house. So. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, uh. Can you put like a block, one of those, like... I can put the sensor line over your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the sensor block over my face. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you guys, are pretty, pretty heavy into bolt action, then, huh? Yeah, I am for sure. Uh, I dragged Bill with me too. Finally, and, and he's deep. Yeah, he's pulling me down with him uh, slowly. <laughs> it, it's been, it's been good though. Um, I've got probably, I'll say maybe twelve games under my belt. Um, with an American force, and I'm just starting to kind of look at uh, the Germans as well now. So nice, yeah, it looks better. I, I typically, out of all the Warlord games, uh, I dabble in all of them, but Bolt Action is definitely my my A one um, bread and butter. I have every flavor of German. I just got fucking Italians now. <laughs> uh, so, just today. Yeah, I You're just purchased a, a, a bunch of Italians today, so that's my next army. I have uh, I have some uh, uh, Russians and U.S. But and my main my main forces, like I said, any flavor of Germans you can think of, uh, I, I can put it on the table. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I started with Soviets, and then that happened so um but mainly yeah. been playing germans lately right now just uh kind of a winter german force right. um so we've been doing we did a i had a uh, stalingrad campaign uh earlier in the year which was pretty successful everybody had a great time with it and uh it lasted uh, a fair bit so the uh, community was was super hyped for doing that kind of stuff and uh, of course myself with doing a little bit of photoshopping and stuff and bringing the maps and showing the territories being taken and using the the uh, stalingrad campaign book uh the rules in the back there uh was great so it helped a lot and it was a fun time so cool. um, we definitely had a couple of key moments the last couple of games i think bill was one of our players to just keep us in the fight for one round and um, just hanging on yeah. for your life, yeah. <laughs> Waiting for those reinforcements, right? So that's the beauty of bolt action. You know, everybody's got a bolt action story that everybody enjoys to listen to because we all have that moment when that dice went or whatever how it happened, and that's what's great about bolt action. Yeah, no, it's 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 truly 
for myself, definitely like number one game for me. Um, even though Bill's probably gonna gasp with uh, the heresy, <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, for me, I it's, bug too. Yeah, for me, it's just been like instantly fell in love with it, and and it's still strong. So very very happy playing it and teaching it, especially being in the Sarge here at the local store as well. Um, so it's been great, and then um, with Emiliano. Uh, being able to work with him as well. And then uh, obviously, um, you know, first time I went to Vegas, I, I actually met Chi and um, I'm glad I did. It was a great experience with him and felt like a brother, right? Like just instantly just captured your kind of energy. And it was like this, you know, Chi's awesome, right? He was awesome, right? So um, yeah. So like just overall great experience. Um love the company, love the things you guys do and all the stuff you post and stuff too. So and of course, it's a, it's a different community. I think it's a mm-hmm. lot, a lot uh, I hate to use the word mature, but it seems like it's a, a more laid back mature crowd. Even if we do have 17, 18 year old, 14 year olds playing in the tournament. Um, I ran a tournament, uh, two years back and my son was out helping me, um, just on a visit. And, uh, I needed an extra player, and he jumped in, never playing the game of the, in a bolt action, and freaking loved it. Freaking uh, actually did pretty decent with some a Japanese army that somebody gave him. Oh, and then uh, <laughs> you know, uh, bolt action will, will actually you know bring out the best and some of the the tournament crowd, if, if you like to say. Well, we've all had experience with another company with the same uh, initials that. Uh, I can't. I lose fingers when I talk about the tournaments we've run in the past and had the problems. And I can flip that and say bolt action and me and Jay and even Lorenzo. I have fingers left over on one hand of the times we had trouble in a bolt action tournament with players. It, it's just a, like like Jay said. It's a completely different mature is maybe a good word. I don't know, but it's, it is a different audience. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, but yeah right. I, I got the 30k bug too, so I'm right there with you. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I got some uh, blood angels getting uh, getting built up right now. So oh, nice, nice. nice. Yeah, I noticed it. Uh, it's funny because I had a podcast with our, our uh, guys in Calgary who are trying to start up events as well, and um, same mentality, like like you guys just said, right? Like a, a more of a mature crowd kind of thing, but the same mentality. It's, it's all about having those games or those dice having that fun and the thematic events and the memorable moments and all that stuff right and um it's funny enough because they are doing an event in december and um i think more than half of the crew that's going there is is actually our crew <laughs> from here from edmonton so we're going to go support there it's the first time we're meeting up with them um so it's going to be great and this is you know they're three hours away from us so driving down there you know nice road trip go down there (coughs) make some connections and get things rolling and uh get to see some new players play them and some armies and some of the uh the vets from our city and just have a good time so yeah very excited for that definitely and um yeah so the the event uh in vegas in vegas um is it more of a, a like a is it an actual tournament or is it more of like a thematic event? 
So, uh, uh, my, my thing on the, the whole uh, event is, well, number one, is it's, it's an actual tournament. Um, and again, we have a different crowd. So, when people, they're, you get the onesies and twosies that really try to meta the game, but the game is built so well that, I mean, the worst troops can beat the best troops. It just—it's just the way that, that the game, uh, the, the fl flow of the game is. Right. So um, um, that's why whenever I do a tournament, I always try to make it as even a playing field as as possible, with kind of limiting uh, what people can take. Um, make sure everybody has the same uh, advantage or disadvantage um, as far as uh, scenarios go, and um, the way they're the uh, uh, lists are built. Um, I, I've been to a tournament uh, where I was <laughs> I was playing Germans, and you know Germans, it's hard to squeeze dice, dice out of them. You know they're kind of expensive. And I, I, I had I had my my typical eleven dice Germans going up against a twenty six dice uh, Harvested Force, <laughs> and you know that that probably shouldn't happen. Um, you know, so it, it was. It was luckily, luckily for me, you know, I had a pre, uh, preparatory bombardment, so I kind of kept them uh, at the wayside for for a while, so I can maneuver and get some some dice back. But um, you know, we try to try to level it out. That's why we always kind of cap the dice, um, cap kind of what you could take, mainly a generic force, not really thematic, because there's some list, and it's not that the thematic uh, lists aren't aren't good. Um, are good for tournament play. It's it's the the, the slots are, are different from a generic force. You know, you, right. your generic force, you can have your one LT, your two uh, squads, and then you got one you know uh, armor or one uh, armor car or something. One sniper. Whereas thematic list, you can have maybe four machine guns in a list or something like that. Or you know, different things. So, like I said, I want to try to keep it as level of playing field as possible. And um, so I hope that answers your question. It's kind of long-winded, but yeah. Oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, a lot of the points that you've made there. It's, it's very similar with some of the events that I've seen here locally as well is uh, the capped uh, order dice and, and sticking to the reinforced platoons. So, yeah, it seems like that's kind of a, a good standard across yeah. the board right for an, uh, an even uh, playing field because um, yeah a lot of the uh, the theater selectors obviously they're meant for those campaign books for those specific missions those specific armies and stuff like right. that right and um, I do know with uh, our stronger campaign um, I had everybody kind of jump in even if they weren't the right armies it was like let's get playing right and um, definitely had to do a lot of tweaking because of the missions um, just so that people had a fair chance at, at playing, um, you know, the sides and having equal forces so that people had a good experience, right? So um, that's that's good to hear, um, that kind of uh, balance for the events. And then... I'm sorry, but it, it, it's not to say that we don't run thematic uh, tournaments per se, but it, it's, um, it's hard, it's hard, like I said, it's hard to curtail that even if I do run a thematic tournament, I kind of still use the shell of the generic reinforced platoons. Maybe we uh, uh, 
try to say, you know, it's an early war and we kind of cap uh, armor values at seven or something like that, you know? Right. Um, so um, you can still pull into the, the thematic, but it's more of uh, aesthetic than actual in the gameplay, you know? So I kind of try to mix that every now and again, but it's always, you know, something where I know it will be even across the board, you know? Definitely. That's good. That's good. And um, Lorenzo, in you guys run the tournaments and stuff in the UK as well. Um, do you have anything like? Is it similar to what you guys do in Vegas? Have you been to some of those uh, events? Um, I don't follow tournaments um, per se. Um, there are tournaments uh, that I run. Yeah, that, that happens all the time in the UK. Okay. Um, and. Uh, um, just uh, recently, we, we launched this new um, uh, program of having a tier system for the tournament prizes that we offer worldwide. And it was uh, created uh, in the UK. So a lot of influence was, uh, was made by the people that uh, created it in, in the UK, which is Marcus, uh, uh, currently is the, the guy that coordinates uh, this kind of thing. So if you have an event, if you have a tournament, you contact us and generally as a customer service, receive it and pass it directly to, to him. And he will, will guide the people, the tournament organizer, to understand how we can advertise it and what type of price we can offer. Uh, and the, the prizes we offer are free um, and we send them for free. Uh, we create a different tiers depending on their uh, amount of players. Right. I know for sure that there has been uh, several tournaments in the UK that have been organized and sent rising for. So, so yes, I believe they, the tournament uh, scene is quite active in, uh, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. The, the tier system he's talking about is there's four tiers now, and it's all on the TO. And okay. there's seven questions. What will happen is, is the TO will send it to info at warlordgames.com. Info at warlordgames.com. Not trying to put a plug in there, but send your tournament information to info at warlordgames.com. And if it's in the UK or Europe, Marcus handles that. And if it's in the US, it'll be myself and then Jay or whoever's in that local area will take care of it. And we'll send you back uh, seven questions that we need you to fill out. You know, and there's the when, where, why, how is it, when's it start, how many players. And then depending upon how many players are there, a tier one is eight to 16 players. That's the basic level. Uh, what you'll get is a tournament pack. They'll have first, second, and third in there with, with the uh, uh, certificates. And the TO will be allowed to pick in the US, uh, it's $120 US worth of prize support. And the TO will pick that. So. Everybody who has 8 to 16 will be supported the same way, but the TO then can change or pick what he wants to give out. Yeah, so like if you do run a theme, say a desert, uh, you can ask for all uh, North African stuff or some, something going along with the, the theme of your, your tournament. So. And then Tier 2 is 18, because we don't want to do 17, 18 to 40, so we're going to see a lot of Tier 2s. And that gives you $240 US to choose from. And that's when we start getting into the special figures. You'll get in that price pack, you'll get a couple more 
uh, uh, certificates, like best uh, sportsman, best painted, and then there's some blanks in there so you can write in your own. And then that's when you get the three special figures to give out. And this year, yes. this season, we're doing the Koenig, the German sniper figure. And that's the only way you'll ever be able to get that figure is if you attend a Tier 2 event. Hmm. And then the Tier 3 is where it really breaks out. And tier, and you get some silver dice at the Tier 2. It's 36 silver dice. So whoever attends, they'll get silver dice. Tier 3 is 40 to 80. Okay, so these are big events. And that's where the gold dice will come in. You get more of the, the special figure. And you get our uh, armor-penetrating uh, steel plate dice, that, that bullet that's stuck in there. Oh, right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's commonly called something else that I don't know what the rating is of this channel, but it's a, a different rating type of name, <laughs> uh, nickname. But uh, You can we, say we, it. Uh, <laughs> it's effectively known as the nipple. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a gold, silver, and bronze one. That, that it's the mini ones. And you get $480 of support that the T.O. picks. And then the, the, the granddaddy, back daddy, is the tier four. That's 80 plus. Oh, wow. And that's going to be like a national event. Yeah. And what's cool is it's $720 of price support. It's more of the special figure. It's more of the gold dice. You get the big nipple. And the winner of the tournament has a say in a special figure made for his army that will release for a limited amount of time. That's so you win the tournament, you get a you get to pick and make a figure that fits in your army and that's for sale for a limited time. But that's our new tier system worldwide. So no matter where you go, and it's a World War II tier system. So Blood Red Skies, Cruel Seas, Victory at Sea, Bolt Action, all this works for that. And I think tier three, you get some posters to, do, to put up for events and stuff. So you're going to see a lot of tier twos. Rarely see a tier three, and oh my God, here comes a tier four, you know? <laughs> so, and that's like a national event we'll have. But because we've done that, everything is standardized. Everything is the same. So when you go to a tournament, you know what to expect. It's all on the TO now. So the TO gets hmm. to pick everything. That's what we're talking That's what Lorenzo was alluding to. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's a great system. A really good way to set up or like running the events themselves um do you guys when it gets to that level like the nationals and whatnot do you guys advertise those events like on more yeah. games or? and that's where you answer those seven questions that's, that's a great question thank you um not only do you get all that price support we talked about your event because you qualified by answering those seven questions marcus or craig or somebody headquarters will then put it into our events page yeah so you get the advertisement to and if, and if a guy's got a newsletter, that newsletter goes out to 70,000 plus people worldwide. So 70,000 people are going to find out about your event. It's listed on the event. They click, go to the events page on play.warlord.com. Playwarlord.com. <laughs> and you'll see the events listed. Like MillenniumCon this weekend is listed on there. And I'll show all the different events. So this is a way that you can get your event listed and you get advertisement for your event. Uh, so it, it's it's really a kind of unique and fun system, uh, and again, it's all on the TO. So the TO has to decide what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. And as long as you answer those seven questions, you're in like Flint. Nice. 
Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Again, wrong answer to a short question. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's no. excellent. That's more info the better. That's for sure. Um, that's uh, that's good to hear. I'm gonna have to definitely dive into that and make sure I check those out. Well, and the other thing that's kind of cool is if if, if you're going to do an event, all your TOs out there, and you think you might get 14 players, that's a tier one. But if you can get four more guys, now you're a tier two, and you get double the amount of money. So instead of 120, you get 240. So maybe you should try just a little bit harder <laughs> to get four more dudes or dudettes to show up at your event, and now you're a tier two. Nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a pretty good battle to, to keep, uh, players going, uh, here locally. And we've had, I've, I've had my hands full with, um, running demos and whatnot in the last, I don't know, couple months with new players and stuff. And, uh, the event, the event that I'm doing is a tank war event and <clears throat> instantly sold out. Like oh, yeah. instantly. I, I, I was just like. This is the second tank war event I've I've done, and people are just jumping all over it, and it's going to be a great time. I'll have lots of pictures, and I'll, I'll send it to uh, the hashtag, the World War Games, and whatnot as well. Fantastic, yeah. So, We've got four events this weekend at Millennium Con that were there, three tier two, tier ones and a tier two. We had a, a tank war Friday and Thursday night. This morning we had a Korea one, so we had a Korea event. This afternoon, then we had, a, I think it was a, uh, a themed event, and then tomorrow is the tournament, that's a Tier 2. So there's four events this weekend at MillenniaCon. And it, so this tier system is a World War II, but it works for Korea. And when we get K-47 fixed and back online, mm -hmm. that will qualify as well. Not that I'm saying, but, you know, hey, K-47 will work too. Yeah, the, the tank, tank War event, is is a good way to get people in because it, it's a small footprint, small amount of uh, models uh, typically, and who doesn't like pushing around big tanks? You know. Yeah, people love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was pretty good. It was uh, all the regulars definitely came out, and some newbies are coming, so that's good. Sure. Trying to. And what we about this tier thing is it puts the power in the TO. So if he wants to do big cats. Or he wants to do mouse, or he wants. We don't care what the TO wants to do because it's his event. It's all on his shoulders. So they answer those seven questions. There you go. It's just making it a lot easier for the TOs to kind of cater cater their price support to their their audience. Um, they they're ninety percent of the time they're going to know who's going to show up. Uh, they know who who's playing what. Um, and and uh, a guy that's you know coming out and only has one army, maybe a way to push him into uh, a direction to to kind of expand his stuff is have price support for um, for stuff that that people don't have. It's like oh, now I got a, a box of uh, Polish. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to start a Polish army, you know, <laughs> type thing. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's good good way to expand it and 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 make people. Uh, want to try new things uh, is, you know, this tier system being able to, to cater, cater your price support to your audience. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. With, uh, with events and, and everything uh, happening, of course, across the world, um, 
has any like any of the other game systems like Victory at Sea, Cruel Seas, um, uh, Napoleonic, Black Powder, all that stuff? Has there been an increase uh, for any of those games and whatnot, like at events or at tournaments? Um, as I know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hype for Victory at Sea, uh, especially here locally. A lot of guys jumped on board, and uh, of course, they're always you know. Hey, when are you going to do an event? When are you going to do an event? So, <laughs> um, but at, at your guys' you know, level and, and being across the world and whatnot uh, in the States, UK, do you have a lot of them going on as well? Do a lot of people um, have like large events or are they kind of just, you know, kind of a, a smaller, smaller event where the numbers aren't uh, as big as maybe bolt action? It's typically, okay, so typically in it, it's the, the number one is bolt action. Um, we do see uh, different pockets, and it's weird across the states. Um, like over here uh, is in, in Austin, Texas, it's uh, BRS is really big. So there'll be uh, uh, Blood Risk Guys uh, tournaments over here that are pretty big. And, um, you know, upstate, uh, wherever, New York, um, uh, cruel seas is good, big. It just kind of depends where um, where the pocket is, but typically, bolt action is is the the mainstay. And uh, but you do have pockets here and there of big crowds for different uh, game systems. It's just kind of kind of weird like that, you know, all over the states. And this is only like the second or third month the tier system has been put into place. So now that people are, and the word's getting out, and we thank you guys for helping us get this word out, is that now people know that they can do that and they can pick their World War II game system and they get that support. So, uh, and what's amazing this year I have seen is the amount of new conventions and new events that are popping up all over, like Dandelions in, in the North America. They're all over the place and they're just... A new one's popping up almost every other week. You're like, oh shit, we gotta go sponsor that one. Oh crap, we gotta sponsor that one. You know, so it's if you contact us at info at warlordgames.com and you tell us what's going on, we can help get the word out. And again, it's Marcus is like a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest right now because he's getting so many applications. And and we wanna help everybody who sends in stuff, but we gotta have those seven question answered. So then we can put all this stuff on the events and we can start getting you that price support as fast as we can. And we would really, really, really like to have that about at least no sooner than 30 days from your event. It's just easier. No later of, than. No later than. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sorry. No, yeah. No later than 30 days because it's hard to do worldwide shipping inside that window. Lorenzo can talk about how much fun it is trying to turn a two-week event. It just, it just doesn't happen. So we need at least thirty days to make it work right, and that's that's bare bone. What do you what do you see in uh, tournament wise? Now, tournament wise in the UK, I think is exactly what uh, you have answered. Uh, there's some <clears throat> uh, sporadic events of other other systems, uh, especially those related to World War II, uh, in terms of uh, as tournament at least. Um, what we hope is that it happens, that uh, the high level of popularity of both action and um, with the initiative of uh, the tournament organizer to create a different type of experience, 
is that uh, both actions, uh, event or even tournaments, if you want, not necessarily um, tournaments, though, would uh, actually include other gaming system mm -hmm. to give uh, the players a more complete experience uh, linked to the theme of World War II, for example. So we hope that what's going to happen is that we have a lot of bolt action events, and sometimes we have some bolt action events that also have uh, bloodless guys. And if we can link the games of the two, uh, sorry, yeah, the two games together, the games, um, the matches of the, the both uh, gaming system together, it's just another more complete experience. It's just another, you know, it is obviously good for World of Games because sell more, more models. Uh, someone has got Germans in both actions start to buy Messerschmitt for, for the sky. <laughs> but uh, we do believe that it is an improved, uh, an improved experience. It's just more varied and uh, it's interesting. And the same goes for other, other um, uh, games like Patriot uh, Sea or um, uh, maybe even going back on Pro Seas, for example. Uh, this is what we hope uh, to, to happen. Uh, and we're hoping too that as this matures, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, that you're, uh, um, if if this is successful and if this works, we could maybe put this to Black Powder, or we could put this to Hail Caesar or SPQR, or you know, insert World War Game System here, because ultimately it's on the TO's shoulders. So if he wants to do a black powder event we can maybe support that black powder event because it's no longer about points it's no longer about as a narrative as a competitive it, you know it's about the TO wanting to put on an event so as this system a tier system matures and we can expand it to other of our game systems i think we're at about 16 or 17 right now of different types right we can do that but right now it's world war ii and the more we can link that in, like Lorenzo was saying, if you can get a, a one or two tier event going with Blood Red Skies, Cruel Seas, like a combined arms weekend, to make that into an ultimate war or total war, that's two or three events that you can have as a TO getting all that support. And if you have a multiple event, like this weekend at Millennium Con, don't say, well, if you have 12 people, 12 people, 24 people, 12 people, Oh, 36, 40. Oh, we're up to a tier three. No, no. Do a tier one, a tier one, a tier one, a tier two. Don't lump them as one. Keep them separate because then we can advertise each one of those. Because when we tell the public, hey, there's a tank war, there's a Blood Red Skies, there's a Korea, there's a Bolt Action Singles Tournament. Now people say, oh, I can do that event or that event. Instead of saying, there's a Bolt Action event, tier three. No. Tell us what each one of those are, because then you'll get that support you need. Okay, cool. Kind of a combined arms event, yeah. No, definitely. That's yeah, one of, one of my thoughts was uh, to have a, a tournament where a team tournament. So you bring your uh, three-man team, you have three rounds, but in three different game systems. So uh, one guy's playing bolt action while another guy's playing BRS. And another guy's playing victory SEs. And then the second round, those guys swap to a different game, still keeping the same list, same armies, you know. And then uh, the third round, those guys swap to the game that they haven't played. So they get to play one of each each game, all adding up to your points at the end of the, you know, the event or tournament, however you want to call it, you know, um, and, and deciding where that. 
and having everybody play each event gives, gives everybody, even if they're not good at something, you know, gives everybody a, a, a taste of, of all the pie, you know. A triathlon event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds one. awesome. And this is what's great about this tier is we don't really give a rat's ass what tournament system you're going to run. You know, and, uh, Marcus is always favorite of us. If you're playing bolt action in the garage with your friend and you're using ping pong paddles to advance your guys across the board and you're having fun, then it's a fun game of bolt action. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, if you're playing our rule system or you're playing with our miniatures, it's a win. So, again, this is a mind expander for the TO that he can pick and choose. As long as you answer those seven questions, we can take care of you. Nice. Yeah, I know I've uh, been looking and, and, and thinking about a lot of uh, different type of events as well in the community. And, um, you know, besides just doing tournaments, you know, uh, you know, first place, second place kind of thing. But um, I've been finding that with the community, having that story, having that theme for the event really... Uh, really drives the players to push that little extra bit into completing their armies to getting stuff painted. You know, like I'm building Bacage right now and I got so, oh. many, so many of them right now. Don't even, don't even go there. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's to bring a, another experience to the, to the table, right. To have some kind of different aspect to the table. And I've been finding that, as we're playing these games, as we're, we're going forward with events, um, I'm getting a lot better uh, reception to these events when it's that style of, of gaming, right, compared to uh, first place, second place, winner kind of thing. Um, the other, uh, a few months ago, actually, um, Jason, the other guy that was with us on our podcast here, our other guest, he invited me over to his place to play um some black powder but acw uh -oh. and we played on a six foot by ten foot board with our <clears throat> armies across but he had the whole table done up forests fences roads houses everything you know 3d printed all that stuff and i'm just thinking i could just imagine what your guys's events you know we got vegas and, and anywhere else that you guys do events at and also, you know, the other people in the, in the world that do their events, because I've seen some pictures of your guys' tables and whatnot. And I know John has, has talked about it before too. And um, like, I'm blown away, but you know, my point is, I guess the difference between bolt action or whatever compared to a lot of other gaming systems out there is I find that the terrain for warlord games and, and for the tables that people make there's a lot more um i guess energy in it you know a lot more um theme and i'm finding the players really 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 get into the game at events for that right i remember we were playing an event i wasn't even in the bolt action event but i was kind of hosting it and a couple of guys from another game system went by and, and said Wow, I want to play on these boards. It's like it's telling a story. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's that cinematic effect that that war games have. That you're in a movie. You're playing a game. 
in a movie, and at the end of this game, you can talk about that movie. There's nothing better, and I'll say this to the to my dying days. There's nothing better than looking at a table with well painted miniatures. I don't, they don't have to be, you know, uh, store level shop sitting on the shelf quality. I mean, I'm talking about a a, a good tabletop ready painted army and well laid out terrain. It's nothing better than playing on that. It's, it's funny you say that because uh, I was showing Lorenzo around my uh, my little hobby room. <laughs> And, and uh, it's a converted bedroom, <laughs> and my closet is my terrain, my terrain storage. And he is kind of just kind of like, uh, I don't want to say amazed, but he yeah, kind of taken back by the, the detail that you spent it to. Yeah, every it, single it, beat, and... if if your table looks like shit, you're gonna play like shit. <laughs> That's all I always say. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you have a nice table, if it's laid out well, if you have nice buildings, uh, nice terrain, nice. Gosh, uh, so get it out there. Uh, it it makes it makes the whole plan experience so much better. And that's and that that takes when you have those tables at a tournament that look great, and um, uh, uh, and you can get into them. It, it takes the the tournament aspect away from it. You're just playing a game. You know, you're playing a great game on a great table with you know, hopefully a, a, a some great great people and some great drinks. You know. There's, a, there's also something more personal that you can put on the table, something that has is not really necessary, but gives some character to it. One of the comments that we received today to your table. Oh, thank you. Yeah, while we spend a lot of time into making a great table, I mean, the table we created for Korea with all the, the Korean village and the, and the rice pads and so on is, is great, it's fantastic. But the comment that uh, was uh, was given at the end was, and the animals that you put in there. Oh, yeah, the, the geese and the cows, yeah. The sheep. With the, you know, chickens, uh, pigs, uh, yeah. the dog, uh, the horse, uh, the cows. And they, suddenly the table just is alive, yeah. uh, even without the models. And then the models become protagonists of an environment that exists, is real. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that this is something that we do also at John Stallard. So John Stallard, the, the owner of the business, uh, he organizes uh, every, almost every other week. Uh, Thursday nights. On Thursday nights. And we usually play Black Powder or Pike and Shot. Sometimes we play other games, but most of the time it's that. And he's got this huge table. He's got something like, I think it's uh, 8 or 10 by, by 4. Or right. by even bigger, by 6. And what is always on his table, there's always some cheap. There's always some uh, farmer that is trying to put the ship, uh, uh, take the ship and put them into the pen. And there's always some uh, some uh, little cart uh, with uh, with stuff in it. And even if you know when you play black powder, they just we have to move the unit, we move, put it aside, we move. It. Of course, we can create rules for that as well. It makes it funnier. But most of the time, if we we want to have a quick game, we ignore it. Still, your eye does not ignore. Yeah. Um, the, the level of uh, um, involvement uh, you have and inspiration you have uh, um, into, into playing and looking at the same like that is, is unique and uh, you want to have that too. And so even in the, the little uh, piece of uh, terrain you do, if you make it special, if you make it unique, it will attract the eye. Even the person that does not really see it will still see it. It is part of uh, what makes it more, uh, more real.
it, it's all worth that extra effort you put in there. And it's just, it's not quite whimsical, but it's, it's fun to put in there. And, and as Lorenzo's alluding to, we like to have fun with our games because you're mm-hmm. spending two to four hours having fun with our games, and we like to put the fun in there. Here's a quiz for you two guys. What's the production code number for our box of barnyard animals? You know it. Everybody knows it. What's the product code number for our barnyard animals? No. Actually, I no pink. I have one, and I, 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 don't, I don't know. Even, actually, I don't know. <laughs> so at the end of this event, go over and find that box, look at the production code, and you're going to see the production code is EI. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's it's funny. Uh, you... Go ahead. You know, let's have fun with our games. Every yeah. every almost every World War Games rule set says in there somewhere in the first or second or third paragraph. It's either verbatim or it's alluded to. Hey, thanks for buying our game. Go have fun. Do whatever the hell you want. And it's about getting together with friends or people you haven't met to become your friends after that in the tournament that is great about this game system. All our stuff is designed to be played in two to four hours. All our stuff is designed to be played quick and fast. It's historically themed or influenced, but not so much historically accurate because there's game sets out there that you can play if you want that level of rivet count or Mm -hmm. Russian blue. I mean... But our games are designed to be fast and fun and do it again. So that's true. That's true. Yeah, and the most part, the guys in the community here, they're they're very much like that, right? Like they they're laughing all the time when they're rolling their dice. You know, <laughs> you know. Like, well, what game system did you play? That when you're playing the opponent in the tournament, and the opponent says, "Oh wait, if you do this, you might get more points, or if you do this, you might kill that unit." And it happens on almost every bolt action or blood rest guys tournament I watch. It's your opponent that's helping them beat himself, right? Yeah. Or it, it's it, there. There is some yeah. There's always going to be some hey, I'm going to go you know kick your ass. But there's also a lot of fun involved in getting your ass kicked. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, if your dice go cold, there's nothing you can do but you can have fun doing it. You know. Yep. Yep. And it's it's great that you mentioned that is because um, I know like Bill start like you said you know he got like maybe twelve games underneath his belt, but yeah. he's he's been a, a GW kid forever. So um, when he jumped in the bolt action and he started playing games and he was in our our campaign the Stalingrad campaign and whatnot, um, he really really caught the attention of his opponents because of just the way he plays his army and just different kind of tactics and um bill you you played devon and yeah. uh she had like a hard time against you because she didn't know really what to do against you right um <laughs> so you know like it, it's interesting seeing the players coming from different systems myself included right like i remember hearing about warlord games but i never looked into it until like you know six years ago and, and then all of a sudden it was just like okay everything move over i'm in like deep dive, I'm in, right? And we um, can tell the picture behind you. That's thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just that, just seeing that, you know, being a Sarge for for the store, and then, 
hearing people talking like that and conversing with each other about their tactics and helping each other on how to play. And like, I've had to do that a lot. Just recently, I, you know, um, newer, younger player coming to the shop and, uh, you, you know, he has a, a couple of little, um, mental, you know, disability kind of thing. And he is trying hard to play and, and get the rules right and stuff. And unfortunately like he's, he's always apologizing. And I, I have to set him aside and say, hey, don't worry about it. You know what? It's a game. You're having fun. You're learning. You know, let's just play it out, show you how it goes, and, uh, you know, get it right, and just have fun with it, right? So I, I've noticed with the Bolt Ash community, there's so much of that, and I appreciate a lot of that. And it, 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 it just kind of hits you right in the chest where when you see two players doing that or the guys know that I'm like getting swamped on all sides from people asking me rules questions and this and that. And then one of the guys will jump in and like, you know what? I'll teach this guy today. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll help him out today kind of thing. So, um, being, being the veteran gamer and, and, you know, starting now to realize there's a lot of other games out there than one certain company, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's really good. And, um, having you know my best friend bill here finally jumping ship a little bit just a little bit trying out different games you know it's, it's really good to see and i'm glad that uh bolt action has kind of taken a bit of a precedence with even with our podcast and our you know community here the local store that's like five minutes away so um really great game uh i can't wait to do more events uh i got ideas going like everywhere campaigns especially with like the combined arms um oh, yeah. box yeah. set which i have a lot of plans for as well so um yeah i guess well, my view is it's a very deep rabbit hole <laughs> you can go down it as far as you want my friend mm -hmm. but it's gonna be a fun ride i can tell you that right now <laughs> it's uh it's definitely a lot of fun so far um i play my americans aggressively i guess is the best way to to say it. i've been enjoying that play style uh, with that army um especially like early on just asking a lot of questions about you know how the game works and everything like that trying to um build up in my mind how i want to make a list and focus on a certain era like 1943 was kind of my era or year i honed in on uh looked up technology and what you know the uh, american forces had at the time tried to actually buy and like make models towards that and start to kind of play around with some of the theater selectors in the era as well. It, it's, it's been a lot of fun, um, dialing down to the, uh, the immersion for the world war two setting. Uh, I think there's a certain level of, uh, granularity that you get when you start adding on all these, you know, oh, this is my Charlie company. I'm rolling in here. These are my squads. Uh, you know, just, you really get to kind of put a a very cool spin on your your own army. You you own it essentially, right? Um, so that's kind of the nice uh, oh. the nice thing about it. And that, that's that's the great thing. So um, getting into bolt action, you can get as as you can skim the top, or you can do exactly what you said. You can drill down into that that company and that squad, and that platoon. Uh, and, and okay, I know. Uh, historically, the, their Tioni had 
you know, uh, this many people, they had only this type of machine gun and, you know, stuff like that. Or you could just take it as, 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 as face cover value. You know, I'm just brand new to the whole game. And I know that that's American Army and that's, that's all that I need to know, you know. So you can, you can get as far deep as you want or you can just skim the top and still be on the same playing field, you know, uh, uh, game-wise as everybody else. Watch uh, Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but to drive. It's probably like every two weeks. I'll try to look into that. Maybe even the longest day, but that is in black and white. <laughs> Inglorious bastards. Inglorious bastards. The other thing that's great, Bill, is no matter how little or how much time you put into that army that you're making, that has become your legacy. And you can hand that down now to your niece or nephew or your son or your cousin or your brother or your sister. And that now becomes a part of you and you'll live forever. We play, everybody plays video games and it's great. But after you play some show me hours, turn it off. There's nothing tangible. But when you sit down for 30 minutes a day to paint your army or an hour to go do that research and you become intelligent now in your army, that becomes a part of you and it's a living history. Uh, one of the guys that... Uh, Brian Swanson's one of the guys that works with us. He came over to the UK to the headquarters one time with me. He talked to Pete Healy, Pete, Pete Healy, who's one of our spinners. And Pete took him down and helped him spin a U.S. Army command for his son. So now Brian's son has a U.S. Army command that his dad spun at headquarters. That's going to be with his son. That is a, a, a thing that he can pass on for whatever. I mean, that's all you want. And that's what, that's what bolt action can do. All that love and energy and blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, especially if I have a sharp exacto knife, be careful <laughs> with those. Um, you can leave that for your predecessors. And that's the beauty of this wargaming hobby, is it's going to live forever. That's true. It's very true. Uh, uh, Jason, he um, he got his son into playing the games, uh, Blood Red Skies and Bolt Action, and I I had the uh, opportunity to actually play against his son in Bolt Action, and uh, I think he's maybe 12, mm -hmm. 12 years old, I think, maybe. Maybe even younger, actually. Um, and he's retained so much of the rule book. He like, he knows what he's doing. You know, he's got the tactics set in his head, right. And, and moving these units, moving these units. But the thing that amazed me was, um, his, Jason had bought an, a, um, an American army, an airborne army that was already pre like painted really nice, nicely painted. And he said, well, this is going to be for my son. This is, this is for him to play with and stuff. Right. And then, uh, his son wanted to get some, a box set or something like that. And he wanted to start his own army, but he wanted to do the airborne. And he goes to his dad, dad, I want to paint my own army. And he said that. And I was just like, man, that's a war game right there. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a hobbyist right there. Right? That's a hobbyist right there. And then he goes to tell me that he's playing blood red skies with him as well. Uh, and they have a campaign going in this and that. And yeah. like, that's awesome. So anytime I go over to Jason's place to play a game, He'll come scooching down downstairs. So who's winning? You know, 
asking who's winning, you know, dad, are you losing again? You know, like, but he can see, he can see on the board and he can tell, make the difference of what units. And it doesn't matter what army it is, but he can kind of tell, okay, that's an infantry unit and that's a mortar team, you know, and I'm just blown away. But I, I think that's so great for that generation to, to really dive into that. Right. And then on top of that, um, Bill has a few minions of his own and, oh, yeah. uh, sometimes they can be quite chaotic, but they loved paint miniatures. There it is. I said, you got to build your painters. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, uh, he's got, a uh, his middle son, Billy, um, he, he's a bit of an orc. So he loves to smash things and, and paint things. And he just loves the, the, the orc kind of thing. But I can see as the, you know, as they're getting older and they're starting to, they love to spend time with dad, right? I can see them picking up the dice and getting ready to roll and, and play. And, and even when me and Bill would play a few times, we'd play some other games, whatever, and having that dice, the dice box and they come over and that's all they want to do is they just want to roll dice, right? Yeah. So it's great because I find um, a lot of times in the shops, uh, you don't you don't see the younger crowd come out. They're not coming out to play these games like, I don't know, 15 years ago. I used to see sometimes, you know, at, at a Games Workshop store in the mall, you would have some kids in there. Um, but you don't see it too often anymore. And unless they're there with, they're with you know, their, uh, their father or, or wherever, or cousin, brother, whatever, um, you don't see it too often. But seeing it really, like, get that joy out of it, right? It's just like, right on. That was me. And I wish I had that back when I got into it. Earlier, it would have been nicer to get into it, right? But that's the great thing with these games, and, and especially with... Um, even the price point of just entering like the box sets, the, the main army sets are, are so affordable that anybody can jump in and they got their army and they can just go and play right away and add on as they go. Right. So but yeah, yeah. It's one of the easiest, easiest, uh, games to get into. I mean, you can think of any games that system that's out there, any game systems, and you're not going to get in with complete with a rule book with with everything you need to, to play um in one box set like that so oh, i think that's that's one of our our our, our best selling points for the game uh, you know it's, it's it's so easy to to, to jump right in and, and get started and lots of choice like lots of choice, huge yeah. amount of choice even in that one one like you said, one that one army, uh, U.S. Army set, uh, you can go so many different ways with that. You know, as far as what kind of U.S. Army you build out of it. You know, and if you keep it, you know, I don't want to say generic, but you add, you you, you tack on or you slap on a Walker and some Paragon troops. Now you got a K forty seven army. Mm. You slap on uh, a, a Patton tank. And maybe uh, uh, now you got a Korean army. So that U.S. army can be used in three different genres of our systems. Mm -hmm. Out of so, that one box set. Out of that one box set. That's true. Yeah, I've tried K-47 a couple times. It's a little little different, but uh, it has its own perks to it. And, of course, yeah. of course now 
I'm sure K47 will have a little bit of a revamp or something, or, and um, I'm assuming probably new minis will come out or something like that. Uh, so excited to see that. Excited to see some weird war happening, and uh, I know a couple of the boys in the community are pretty hyped for that. So that'll be uh, good times. And uh, and like you said, just a couple add-ons, and next thing you know it, you got an army for that game too. So you can have your big Tesla cannons or something like that. And Bill can had more firepower to his Americans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. Well, it's good. It's good. It's always an evolving game. I, I, I gotta admit, I've done a couple of, uh, um, unboxings of some of the box sets and just looking at the miniatures and just, I can tell which some are like the earlier kits that were made in plastic and a lot of the newer kits, like they're getting better and better. And, uh, just, just the way they're built. And I, I keep expressing it in my uh, unboxing videos to, to people who are looking into it. Like, you know, these are really, really nicely built. The guns are now, you know, attached with the arms kind of thing. And uh, all these new kits that come out, they're just, I'm finding they're just better and better and better and appreciative of it. Because, like, being in every other miniature game, like, you get a, a taste for miniatures in general, right? And you can tell where, okay, I've, I've been spoiled with this, and then I'm going back to this with a little bit of pewter, a little bit of resin, but... I still love it because it's miniatures, it's my hobby, it's having fun, right? Um, but any new player that comes in, you know, like that I talk to, you know, they're always, question is, what should I get? What do I need? You know, what kits? Blah, 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 blah. And the beauty right. thing is, is you have like three different starter sets now with yeah. three yeah. different armies. And it's great because now I can just point to these, like, what do you want to play? What are you interested in? You know, blah, 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 blah. So, um, props to you guys for that. Like, that's awesome. Add more to my wall. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, and there's a beauty in, for example, the Blood Red Skies system that we have. We have a Battle of Midway, all right? If you don't necessarily want to do Pacific, what you could do is you grab, and I got this from Doug Glover, the guys over at Lee Pursuit, is go buy Airstrike. That gets the rules. It's got all the counters you need. Pick up the ops deck, which is all the basic cards, plus some ones that you don't get in the box set. And then you pick a squadron of your choice. ME-109s and Yaks. Bang, now you got an Eastern Front starter. You pick up Mustangs and, and, and uh, 109s. Bang, now you got a Western. You pick up uh, some Spitfires and some 109s. Bang, Battle of Britain. You go for some 109s and some maybe P-40s. Paint them up tan, bang, now you got a Mediterranean. So you can create your own starter set for Blood Red Skies by an Airfix, uh, Airstrike box. Hey, I slipped into my Big Red Skies once yeah, in a second there for a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can buy your Airstrike, you buy your Ops deck, and you buy your two boxes of whatever squadron you want. Here's my. There you go, baby. And bang, you got your Blood Red Sky starter on whatever theater you want. Beautiful. Yeah, for sure. And I love, that's another thing that I love about the games is you could, te you technically do different scales with the with the armies and the oh, games, yeah. right? You know, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Black Powder is, is an example with ACW and Napoleonic and, 
you know, my buddy was like, you know, I really don't want to do another 28 millimeter army. I'd rather do like an epic scale. I go, well, shit. What do you want to play? French or British? What do you want to play? You know, like. Well, you throw in Black Seas. Mm hmm. I can do that almost a campaign type with with Black Powder. Yeah. 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 Because we've all been trained on that other company that centers the same initials that we have of that epic scale, that 28. The you know, there was the BFG, there was the Inquisitor, there was the 40K, and then there was the uh, Epic. Epic. So you yeah. could do Airland C all in one game. We have that same idea concept, you know, the, the Blood Risk guys or the Cruel Seas or the Big Black Seas, Victory C. Yeah, you can do that combined arm sync. It's all up to the teal. Yeah, well, that's that's a great great way to do it, especially like. Uh, starting to really go into just starting to look at, at the black powder book right like I've, I've had a couple of games or a couple of the other gents in the group they they really play a lot of it and they said yeah come on out we'll, we'll show you a demo of it and we'll get you going on it and the amount of hooting and hollering and and challenging the other general you know to to a combat and stuff like that um a lot of fun right and 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 even just the way the game ha plays and how you command your units you know it was it was kind of set me back i was like what you actually tell you know say what you're doing like <laughs> it was great because like once you get to that point and you start getting into it uh, everybody's laughing everybody's having a fun time right no matter what i had the shop owner like yeah i kind of looked over and you and mike were just like hollering and laughing and, and having a great time i wanted to come over and play i'm like well get in there you know so honor's got that it was designed to do that in the past it was a hard system to try to play within four to five hours and not have to come back the next couple of days to finish the game mm -hmm. uh, like lorenzo alluded to john's night at his game at his house usually you start at six House rules will kick in about nine, and you're out of the house by ten. So you play a massive black powder game in four hours, and you have them all. I mean, Actually, it's much faster than that because Jones wants us out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we start at up at six in general because we eat before. We all lose about sausage and bread. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then we finish around between half past eight and nine. And uh, yeah, it was two and a half. Our uh, games for a game with uh, how many bottles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So probably yeah. 400 bottles per side, maybe yeah. more. Oh, wow. Obviously, we play very fast. We know roughly, we know the rules. Mm. We do it very simple. Uh, we make it fun. And uh, we stop only when there is something that re requires some laugh and uh, uh, to point out some uh, stupid uh, roles or fubas. But yeah. We, we got very, very adept at making it very, very fast. Well, then, uh, it, but it's fun. It's, it, it's a lot of fun because you don't get to the point where you your tiredness starts to interfere with your sense of fun. So yeah. it's important that it's so fast for us. Nice. Well, Hector, one time in September, we had that game at John's house. We started it at 6 and we were done at 7. We played a black powder game in yeah. an hour. 
And we couldn't yeah. believe it was. That was enough. also some roll of dice. That was some roll of dice. Three orders, people are pallet, three orders, we're blown charges. So, yeah. That's, yeah, that, those things happen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think that's probably all the time we got for the episode. All your questions. But, uh, oh, yeah, and, and plenty more is awesome. Uh, great oh, having you guys, as, as always. Um, always excited to talk talk shop and bolt action and all gaming in general. So, and if there's something we forgot or didn't catch, you know how to get all the Jamie or Lorenzo. So, you know, just send us an email or give us a ring. You betcha. You betcha. Definitely. Definitely. It was just, it was, yeah, awesome to have you guys on. Thanks again for coming. Um, just listening about everything you have going on, especially as a, you know, the company, um, very homegrown, kind of down to earth. And I really like, uh, I like that whole tier system. I think that's honestly fantastic. I don't really think many other companies are doing that specific thing. Like that's quite a niche um, deal so again props to you guys for that that's a great idea i think that's gonna help quite a bit so yeah excellent thanks again for coming on guys much appreciated thank you thank you thanks a lot guys okay good night it's later all right that's not if you need anything trident wargaming build it paint it play it